Well, what a year it has been in La Liga Santander and what a year we have ahead as the 2018 portion of the season draws to a close. It hints at quite a bit of drama still to come in 2019. You are listening to La Liga Show. My name is Mitchell Tierney and I'll be your host as we chat some Club World Cup, Champions League draw and probably a bit of transfer talk as well on this week's edition of the podcast. To do all that with me, it's the return of Jeremy Barron of Into the Calderon, SB Nation's athletic Atletico Madrid blog. Jeremy, thanks for joining me during this uh, busy holiday season. Mitchell, thanks for having me. Good to be here. Well, let's start just uh, very quickly with the Club World Cup. Uh, Real Madrid beating Kashima Antlers uh, to make it to the final. Um, evidently, this is a, a bit of a tricky competition to rate in terms of you know its its global significance, but. Uh, they they head to the final against uh, Al Ain of uh, the United Arab Emirates um, after that big display from Gareth Bale and I, I mean the fact that you know Spanish sides could win you know six of um, or like the the past or five of the past six uh, uh, Club World Cups kind of you know at, at least at the very little bit that, that kind of has to make some kind of argument for La Liga being the best uh, league in the world no. Oh, it totally does. Uh, and not, not just in, in the Club World Cup. I think that's the icing on top of the cake. You look at what Real Madrid have been able to do in the Champions League the last five seasons. Uh, uh, success and just the way they, they pound teams, especially in the group stage this year where I thought they were very impressive. And even at, in uh, Atletico's displays, I think that goes kind of under the radar how deep Atletico have been able to go in Europe. Uh, but a lot of that is due to the strength in La Liga, 1 through 20, especially this season it's just such a strong league and it prepares its biggest teams for for big games like this and especially Gareth Bale uh in particular scoring a hat trick in what felt like about five minutes yeah yeah it was uh Gareth Bale certainly you know he uh he's a player that doesn't show up all the time but he certainly seems to show up for big finals and this was another um big match where he showed up for let's let's talk about that Champions League draw a little bit because it it came out this past week, and look, I mean, anytime you finish second in your group, as Atletico Madrid did uh, on goal difference uh, with Borussia Dortmund, you know you could be set up for a very difficult round of 16 match, and uh, drawing Juve, that's, you know, there was no really easy out here, but Juve's got to be one of the more difficult ones, considering just what they've done in this competition in recent years. Um, I mean, in terms of, you know, for a neutral, that's that's definitely going to be one of the better matches uh, of this uh, very interesting round of 16. What do you make of the of the draw for Atletico Madrid? I think for, for the neutral, Atletico Juve is probably the best of the last 16 draws. I mean, you can make the argument for Liverpool Bayern as well, even though Bayern aren't at their best this season. Uh, from an Atletico perspective, uh, for me, personally, Juve were the last team I wanted to draw. I think <laughs> Atletico would have matched up better against Manchester City or PSG uh, because Atletico could just give those two teams the ball for 70 75% of the time and just sit back and soak up pressure. With Juve, they may not be able to do that as easily because Juve are, are pretty similar to Atletico uh, in every way but one. They have Cristiano Ronaldo and Atletico mm-hmm. don't. Um, and he's the ultimate trump card. He's the guy who has soared uh, countless times, particularly in the Champions League when he was in when he was 
So from an Atletico perspective, it's certainly not the best draw. I, I've seen a lot of people say it's going to be very tight, tactical, defensive. Uh, I don't disagree. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo is the kind of guy who, who can make the difference, though. It's going to be tight. Juve will be favored. Uh, Atletico have got to keep a clean sheet in that first leg at home. I don't think there's any question about that. If they give up an away goal, it's going to be very difficult for them. Well, we'll look at the uh, two other La Liga uh, involved matchups in the round of 16 as well. And um, obviously, we, we led with that one, both because uh, you are an Atletico um, Madrid blogger, but also because, like you said, it is potentially the most interesting of the entire round of 16, but definitely the most interesting involving um, a La Liga sides because both Real and Barcelona got reasonably favorable draws. Obviously, they both won their group, so uh, they had a better opportunity of doing that. We'll start with Real. They play against Ajax, um, an Ajax team that obviously in recent years um, pretty consistently loses their top players to other teams in Europe. They've kind of become uh, more of a soccer factory than anything else, but this year they seem to have assembled a pretty good crop of players. Obviously, we don't know uh what what they might lose in January considering some of the rumors out there but they've done fairly well in this Champions League campaign given Bayern Munich who are the you know the runaway favorites in their group all kinds of problems during the group stage um and you know with with the way Real Madrid's been playing this year and the, the they've been fairly vulnerable even in Europe with the, a couple of the results they've had against CSK in Moscow this could be a little more interesting than than it is on paper obviously uh, two clubs with great European pedigree, but um, yeah, it should be should be a fantastic matchup. I think. I think this. If there's any of these that have kind of upset potential, this could be the main one. Yeah, let's not forget that Ajax didn't lose a single game in the group stage. Three wins mm-hmm. and three draws. Uh, Dusan Tadic scored five goals in six games. Uh, just top to bottom, they got a lot of production, and this is as it usually is a very young team at Ajax. Um, as usual, very entertaining, a relatively good group kind draw. Um, as far as our matchup with Madrid goes, uh, I've, I've seen quite a few uh, hashtags you know, are going to walk all over them, but I, I agree. I wouldn't be so sure. This Ajax team is pretty explosive, and Madrid have been pretty wobbly, not just in La Liga, but also in the Champions League. Those two losses to CSK, especially the latter, the 3-0 at the Bernabeu, uh, those stung. That second result was, was, a, big, was a big blow, and there's not, I wouldn't say confidence, but there's not a ton of optimism at the Bernabeu right now, considering the team's form and considering how chaotic for them things have been. Uh, I would look out for this tie. I think Ajax can make it very entertaining. I still think Madrid go through, but Ajax will, they will make it interesting and they could really push Madrid to the limit. They have such a deep and talented young squad. Well, the last, uh, the last Champions League round of 16 matchup, uh, involving a La Liga side is Barcelona against Lyon. And, um, you know, I think Barcelona, for me, have played their best soccer this year in the Champions League. Obviously, some of the results they've had against Tottenham, um, some big wins against Inter Milan as well. They've played very well uh, continentally this year, and that, that that makes sense because it's something that a lot of their players have, have talked about being a very big focus for them this season with the way that things kind of ended there last year after having such a good domestic campaign, but then uh, bowing out to Roma in the way that they did. So they've really been dialed in in the Champions League this year. Um, but you know, Leon, again, all these are tricky opponents. So you don't get bad opponents at this stage. And, uh, Leon, uh, gave Manchester city some problems. They, they've done fairly well in uh, league on this year. So, uh, again, uh, I, th- I think this might be, you know, 
potentially the the most uh, David and Goliath battle, but um, I do think that Leon could cause Barcelona problems if they're not on their game. Yeah, the uh, return of Samuel Umtiti to mm. his old club as well. That's another kind of juicy storyline. Uh, you'd be concerned that Leon only won one group game, and it was the very first one yeah. uh, at City, but that was a big win. Uh, they kept Nabil Fakir, and he's obviously an extremely talented player. Uh, yeah, Leon are another one of those teams that, that do have a lot of talent. Memphis Depay wants a Manchester United pariah. He's he's back in the fold, and he's been great uh, at Leon. I, I think that's kind of the right size club for him. He's really found his groove. Uh, kind of like Madrid and Ajax, I, I do expect uh, Barca to go through here. Uh, this is this Barcelona team is very motivated in the Champions League this season. They really want to win it, particularly after how things went against Roma last year. I don't blame them. Uh, and yeah, Leon, I think I think could push them a bit, but I think there's there's a clearer gap here than there is between Madrid and Ajax. I got Barcelona to win this. I backed them to win it. Well, speaking of Barcelona, Lionel Messi's been just ridiculous recently. I mean, at the weekend, they weren't even that great against Levante, but uh, he had a hat trick, two assists as well, and a 5-0 win. Um, you, you know, how much do you read into potentially the, you know, the Ballon d'Or snub and being fifth? Uh, do you think that plays into this at all, or is it just kind of a, a coincidence that he's, you, you know, he's been fantastic all season, but that, that some of his best displays have kind of come after um, you know, he was he was kind of slighted like that. Knowing how Messi goes and knowing what he does on a weekly basis, I'm not sure how much it plays into it, honestly. This is just what he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can go, go create five goals, and this is who he is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, don't think, I don't think the snub, I think it played on his mind a little bit, but he just keeps doing what he's doing, and, you know, boom, Barca go out, they beat Levante 5-0, Week before, they beat Espanyol, a good Espanyol team, 4-0. Uh, they've kept three straight clean sheets since the draw against Atletico. Uh, they've been on fire, and Messi in particular has has been on fire as well. The dude's 31 years old, and he's still playing like he's 21. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I think uh, the, the Spanish press, basically every press conference, are trying to get Valverde to use a different word to describe Messi, and he's just basically given up at this point. Well, he probably gave up a long time ago, but yeah, it's it's pretty yeah. impossible to do. And uh, yeah, he's, he's just been fantastic lately. But before we uh, move on completely from the Champions League, uh, I wanted to ask you about, you've mentioned some of them, but some of the other matchups that, that might stand out to you, because uh, it really feels like this year we got you know, we, we've gotten a lot of, there weren't really any upsets in the group stage, I guess. So we've gotten a lot of the, the European elite teams going through, which is going to make this round and every round going forward that much more interesting. Yeah, I'm interested to see where Manchester United are. Obviously, they just sacked Mourinho. Uh, I'm interested to see where they're going to be at in about six weeks. I don't think they're going to beat PSG. But it is worth noting that PSG don't play well against the biggest teams. And United do have the first leg at home. Uh, so we'll see where they where they're at. That tie interests me. Uh, Spurs and seeing Dortmund up close in Group A. That's a pretty explosive team. That's a that's a good team uh, that has an underrated defense in addition to all their attacking prowess. Uh, there that could be a really high flying tie. And I mentioned Liverpool Bayern earlier. That could be really really fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, those would those would be the ones for me. I think that stand out as well. But yeah, I think almost every one of these matchups has some sort of interesting element to it. So it's going to be a, a great few match days once we get to February, and I'm incredibly excited for them. Um, 
just quickly on the on the Europa League front, uh, the draw was announced today. Uh, Villarreal will take on uh, Sporting from Portugal. Real Betis, they draw Rennes from Ligue 1. Uh, Sevilla, they will play Lazio, and Valencia will play Celtic. Uh, any of those matchups stand out for you as in terms of interesting? I mean, uh, it's looking fairly good at this point for a La Liga side to you know continue the the dominance uh, in Europe, considering there's four of them uh, still going in um, you know the Europa League. But um, yeah, it's going to be tough to get there. What any of these uh, any of these matches stand out to you? Sevilla and Lazio could be pretty tasty, and this is Sevilla's competition. They run the Europa League every time they're in it, so you got to make them the favorites, I think. Uh, I'm interested to see where Villarreal are going to be, because they're currently fighting relegation. They've been pretty poor this season. They're already on their second coach of the year. I wonder how seriously they're going to take this, because they got to stay in La Liga. They're 17th right now. Yeah. Uh, so it could be interesting. They take that. My bet is they won't take it very seriously, because they got to stay up. Uh, Valencia are in the same boat, kind of, and Marcelino could no longer be their coach by the time that tie rolls around against Celtic. So we'll, we'll see what goes on there. Yeah, yeah, we've kind of been talking about that a lot on this podcast, how, how interesting it is, especially in the in the Europa League, although Valencia were also in the Champions League for a bit in terms of these teams that kind of have to balance the uh, the European schedule when their domestic schedule is not going all that great. Um Let's let's move on to uh, the probably the biggest news in soccer in um, in recent weeks and or in recent days, uh, and that's been the uh, sacking of Jose Mourinho, uh, leaving Manchester United. And um, I'm hoping I'm willing this into existence, but um, could you even see him ending up uh, back at Real Madrid? Because oh boy, would that be just great for this podcast and, and kind of the entertainment of what's already been a fantastic La Liga season and such a divisive Real Madrid team this year. I mean, it's, it's it was rumored uh, previous to his, uh, you know, previous to him losing his job with uh, Manchester United, but now that it's happened, uh, and I know things have been going reasonably well under Solari, but um, yeah, I, I mean, personally, I'd just love to see it. Oh, it'd be hilarious, wouldn't it? Um, well, it, it's interesting because I was reading Marca earlier today, which is, uh, for your listeners who may not know, which is one of the two biggest papers in Madrid. Uh, and one of their more senior uh, reporters said there's no chance Mourinho comes back, even though he's still close to Florentino Perez and he still talks to the board regularly. There's no chance he comes back. And that would that would suck because I'd love to see it happen. If, if for no other reason than the drama that would ensue, considering his lack stint there um it seems like for now madrid are committed to solari and their performances haven't really been that good under solari but they just gave him a three-year contract and while it wouldn't be beyond madrid's capabilities to sack solari if performances uh, don't improve or if they don't win major silverware this year i i don't see Mourinho coming back it, it would be funny and i think it would i won't say disastrous but it would be funny uh, i don't see madrid doing that yeah, I don't think uh, it would make sense at this point, uh, for sure. But yeah, like we said, it would, yeah, exactly. We can dream. It would just be, just be so hilarious. Um, we are, you know, uh, like I said, we are flipping to to a new calendar year, and um, that means that we do have the the month long January transfer window. Um, do you see Atletico doing anything? Obviously, this is a, a bit of a tricky window because you know it is so short and. Um, 
you have less time to integrate players. So usually teams are are, are buying players that are more complementary. On top of the fact that uh, a lot of the top players in the world are obviously kind of cap tied in the Champions League, so you aren't going to be able to buy impact players there. But um, could you see Atletico kind of you know adding some players to the roster because uh, it, this is a this is a year where they really have that opportunity to go for La Liga because we've seen. Uh, a Barcelona side that you know aren't aren't of the recent vintage, a Real side that's struggling exponentially. I mean, you know, the one year that Atletico was able to break through was kind of a year like this where everyone else wasn't quite going at their full speed. So, uh, could you see them uh, maybe getting some reinforcements? And and what type of, of of player do you think they could be looking at? I can see it happening. I think Atletico will be pretty active in January. I would expect, and I would expect to see one player leave. Uh, Jelson Martins is probably the favorite to leave, the former sporting uh, winger who just hasn't really settled, hasn't really, he's only made a couple starts, hasn't really found his groove. Uh, Simeone's tried playing him as a striker and that hasn't worked. And he he has had, uh, earlier this season, he had a falling out with Simeone at training about defensive responsibilities. So that just hasn't really gone as planned. I would I wouldn't bet he leaves, but it would not surprise me if he did. I expect Atletico to try to find uh, some extra forward help. Radimil Falcao was actually linked a couple weeks ago. I doubt it happens, but I do expect them to try to get some help on the front line uh, and maybe find another midfielder. They have four very good central midfielders, but one of them, Saul, has been playing left back because Atletico have so many injuries. Uh, I would expect them to try to find a little one on loan, maybe, uh, but I would definitely for insurance in, in midfield as well as finding a kind of a veteran forward to see them through to the end of the season. Um, so, yeah, it sounds like Atletico might be fairly busy. Uh, anyone else in La Liga you think, uh, like any other clubs you think might be uh, busy this, this transfer window? Because, uh, I mean, Barca, they seem like a bit of a difficult club to add to just because obviously they've made such big transfer splashes in recent years and um, they, they've been linked to a couple center backs. But uh, other than that, I mean, there's, you know, it's it's kind of difficult to see where you can fully improve that roster in a big way, especially during a January transfer window. And meanwhile, um, Real Madrid, they have kind of that, that's, you know, the situation with, with the manager and, you know, not being fully sure if Solari is the man to carry them forward. So it's always tricky to, to kind of buy players when that's happening. But is there any club, I mean, either, even outside of that, because we've, we've obviously mentioned a lot of those uh, clubs in the Europa League who are, are struggling um, to, to, you know, find their form domestically. Is there any clubs you are kind of keying in on who might be active shoppers here in January from Spain? Barca uh, got Jason Murillo today. That's mm-hmm. probably going to be the, the extent of their shopping. They got him on loan, amazingly, from Valencia. Uh, he just... He was great at Valencia last year, but he had some injury issues and some some personal issues, and Barca have gotten him on a wonderful deal with an option to buy. Uh, so that may be the extent of their winter shopping. Sevilla always buy players in January, and uh, especially if they're gearing up for a long run in two competitions. They look very strong in La Liga this year, and they always want run the Europa League. Uh, I, would, I think Villarreal will, will be busy because they are – they're in a relegation fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, well, the only reason they're not in the drop zone is because of goal difference. Uh, I think they will be fairly busy. I could see a team like Leganes maybe making in a couple signings. Uh, they have just recently emerged from the drop zone. They're on 18 points. They play pretty well. Uh, they need some attacking help. 
Valencia also need attacking help. They've scored just 13 times in 16 weeks. They, I think, would it would be a good idea for them to look for a striker. I think it, that would help if they found one. Uh, so Valencia are going to be busy, and that depends on also depends on if Marcelino stays in the job. I mentioned this earlier. Uh, Marcelino is on some pretty thin ice right now. Valencia do not they did not expect to be in this position. Just four points off the drop zone in 14th place. They didn't expect to be here. They're 10 points out of the last Champions League place. They're not going to get back into that competition next year. So Marcelino might be on on thin ice here. Uh, no one knows really how much longer he'll be in the job, but it, it doesn't really look very good for him. So any transfer activity there, it might have to wait until a decision is taken on Marcelino. Yeah, it's always difficult when you have, you know, you want to bring in players that fit a manager's vision. And when you're not sure on the manager, it's incredibly tricky to do that, obviously, because um, you never know when a new manager might come in and, and just kind of clean house a little bit. So, yeah, definitely going to be some interesting storylines to watch as we go into the January transfer window. Um, but before we get there, um, let's just talk quickly about this weekend's fixture for Atletico, because I do think it is an interesting one, obviously. Espanol for a little bit this year looked like they were doing kind of their best Atletico uh, impression in terms of just the defensive ability there and um, for a while they were probably the best defensive team at least in terms of their numbers in um, in La Liga but uh, things have not gone very well for them recently they're on a five game losing skid and with how tight the La Liga table is this year that's made them fall all the way down to 11 when um, they were top for just a little bit there so um you know, this could be a, a tricky fixture this weekend for Atleti to, to kind of end the year. What do you uh, make of uh, this matchup? Yeah, it's it's strange what's happened to Espanol. Uh, they started the year so strong, and their underlying numbers, their expected goal, that it had had them right about where they were supposed to be. Like They were in the top four for a little while there, and the expected goals backed that up. They're still just four points back of a Europa League place, so they're not too far away, but they've lost their last five uh, they did hit a really rough patch. Uh, they had to go to Sevilla, and nobody ever wins at Sevilla. <laughs> uh, they played a very good Hetafe team. They got whipped by Barcelona, and Betis beat them late last week. Uh, and those are, you know, three of those five teams are top five teams. So it's it's difficult. It's a difficult run of fixtures there, and they got uh, shown up a little bit. Uh, I think I think it will be kind of tricky. Espanol beat Atletico twice last year, and. Atletico, that being said, Atletico have been excellent at home. They haven't lost yet. They're one of only two teams that can say that in La Liga, uh, unbeaten at home. And Espanol have just one win away from home this season. Uh, one win against three draws and four defeats. Uh, so that's not so great. The odds uh, pretty clearly favor Atleti, but I think it'll be a close game. Atleti have a lot of injuries they're dealing with right now, especially to their defense. Jose Jimenez is out. Felipe Luis is out. Uh, so they're and Diego Costa is still out. So Atleti are dealing with with quite a banged up squad that really needs the winter break. And this fixture last year at Espanol resulted in a loss for Atletico. Uh, similar situation. Atleti were were kind of fatigued. They had some injuries and they lost late on. Uh, who knows? It could happen again. The league's been really unpredictable. But I would back Atletico to win. And if a little help from Celta Vigo, a little help from them at camp now, Atletico could enter the winter break joint top of La Liga. Well, we're also going to take a, a bit of a winter break on this show, but um, that brings us uh, to the end of this episode. Um, thanks again, Jeremy, for taking the time. Mitchell, thanks for having me. Good to talk to you. And for the rest of you, thanks for listening, and I look forward to continuing the discussion in the new year. Until then, have great holidays.